Welcome to the St. Joseph Radio Presents live program broadcasting to you from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. The program that for over 30 years has brought you eloquent speakers from across the globe to help explain, clarify, and evangelize the Catholic faith. Our program covers a variety of topics relating to current issues and occurrences in our daily lives. Now, with the aid of technology, we are able to bring the gospel message to the four corners of the world, where Christ himself did say, those who have ears ought to hear. It is our hope at St. Joseph Radio that through these programs, we can help evangelize the world and change one soul at a time. Now, here is your host to introduce today's guest and topic. Hey, welcome to St. Joseph Radio Presents. We are coming to you live from the Rome of the West, St. Charles, Missouri. Matt Logman here with Peter Karutz. Happy Father's Day weekend, my friends. It's going to be a good program as we talk about fatherhood and all the gifts and all the responsibilities that come with it. Peter, welcome to the program. Well, happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to you and happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Amen. Amen. How about a prayer to start us off? I happen to have one. Funny you should ask. And this is quick and it's short, but it's, uh, you know, let's get to the point. I'm the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O blessed St. Joseph, loving foster father of Jesus and most chaste spouse of the Blessed Virgin Mary, I ask your inter- intercession on behalf of all fathers, especially the fathers who are out there listening today and all our listeners' fathers and all those our listeners who would put up to your care. Pray that, like yours, their actions may be loving, understanding, and wise. We ask this through St. Joseph and through Mary and our Lord. Uh, Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. 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 So on this Father's Day weekend, lots of things to talk about. Fatherhood, the definition of it. Let's start off with uh, verse 2214 from the Catechism. And this is about the divine fatherhood. The divine fatherhood is the source of human fatherhood. This is the foundation of the honor owed to parents, the respect of children, whether minors or adults, for their father and mother is nourished by the natural affection born of the bond uniting them. It is required by God's commandment. They're, they're saying that there are responsibilities. It's not all soccer practice and trophies. Yeah, yeah. I used to uh, joke with my daughters. I say, what is, the, what is the greatest of the Ten Commandments? And I say, it's number four. It's number four. But uh, I'm, of course, I'm joking. But let's look at the fourth commandment. It really doesn't say honor your father and your mother. It says glorify your father and your mother. You know, and and as a father, you think, wow, you know, that doesn't even quite make sense. But let's flip it in both directions. With regard to Mary, of course, do we think Jesus followed the Ten Commandments? Yeah. Do, do we think he honored his mother and his father? Yeah. Do we think that we can do anything better or more than Jesus? No. So don't ever worry about loving Mary too much because you can't love him, love her more than Jesus did. Don't worry about loving Joseph too much because you can't love him more than Jesus did. And he did. He really did. You know, but that, that whole glorify, though, uh, it gets me because we, we fathers, we, we think we're, we're servants, you know. We're, and, and in our authoritative fashion uh, that we take on sometimes, our children think that, you know, we're, we're these, you know, ogres or 
we always say, my daughter used to say, what are you going to take away from me next? Air. You know, but, but what do we think wow. of ourselves? We think of ourselves as servants, right? We are serving. So one more thought. It, why is fatherhood so important? You know, it's because we are supposed to emulate God the Father. And, and for children and young people, that's the first image of Father and God that they have. It's, it's us. And we need to represent well, or else we may be driving them away. Conversely, we represent well, and we're bringing them closer to God, which is our responsibility. And it's really unfortunate for those who grow up without a good example of fatherhood. Should they be held accountable? Yeah, well, of course. Of course, without a doubt. We, we have to feel be accountable. But they're going to need help. Yeah. And unfortunately, the people that live those lives are in a situation where finding that help needs to be sought out. And it's not easy, you know, for them who, you know, are being, I don't want to use the word suppressed, but find themselves in a situation where, you know, fatherhood to them is, means nothing. Yeah. And it means everything. And, and when I say everything, I, I am exaggerating, but just a little bit. I'm, not I wanna, really. Not really. I want to come back to the gospel here in a moment, but uh, first for tomorrow. But first, let me just uh, mention a, a couple of books, uh, Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters, written by uh, Meg Meeker. It is a wonderful book. She's a pediatrician, a physician, very numbers-based. Uh, and she says, and I've heard these studies quoted over and over and over, the, the likelihood or the forward indicator to be very economic, if you will, of a young girls, especially a young girl's success in life. And what do I mean by success in life? I mean choosing good boyfriends, going to school, getting good grades, you know, not, not, not getting pregnant before you get married, choosing good spouses, et cetera, et cetera. What about religious life? Uh, I'm getting there. Uh, but... <laughs> What is that dependent upon? It's dependent upon their relationship with their father. I was at uh, a buddy's funeral, and I know him. Uh, His son is my contemporary. And he said at his father's eulogy, he said, he said, "For, uh, for for a boy, your father is your first hero. And for a girl, your father is your first love. It is so important. It is absolutely so important. We, as fathers, can make such a difference in the lives of our children, positive or negative. Positive or negative. Well, when you said fatherhood being the most important thing, I think when it comes to the church, and I'm talking about the pilgrim church, the the. Uh, what's the word they use for, you know, starting at home. Yeah, the domestic church. Thank you. The domestic church cannot really come to fruition without the role of fatherhood. Now, single mothers, they do the best they can, but there is, there's things missing. Yeah. I heard a talk by, uh, I was on retreat, I heard a talk by uh, Father, uh, I think his name is Dennis Calloway, uh, and um, I'll just add a little color to it first. Uh, we're talking about fathers. But first off, imagine um, or remember, have you ever had a tug of war, you know, a game where I don't think they do that anymore. You know, you get a big rope, you got four, five, ten guys on either, either side, guys and girls, and, and you're trying to pull, right? And you're trying to pull the, the, the line over the, 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 over the line. Sounds you're trying like to my win. dentist. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. But 
And what's ironic about it is you start the pull and it goes on for a long time and it's hard. And imagine the strength and the horsepower that's going in to that endeavor, right? If you had it a, a little five-year-old at one end and you had them pull a little bit more, that, that will bring it over the edge. So I always say women are the heart of the church. Women are the heart of our families. You always can count on mom. They are this solidness, that, that, that glue that binds the family together. But we men can be that last man on that tug of war. We will make the difference. I think what you were alluding to before and what I was alluding to with regard to Father Dennis Calloway is this. From a statistical standpoint, the likelihood of your children remaining in the faith all their lives is heavily dependent upon the father and his faith. It, does, it, does it matter about the mom? Absolutely. But where's the tipping point? The tipping point is the father. Quite frankly, some of us dads aren't always doing good things all the time. We can be better men. Know this, the better men we are, the bigger difference we make in the lives of our children. For how long? For all of their lives. Being in the faith, all of their lives. And look, there's interludes, right? People may waver and, and, and slip and, and sputter, but they come back. They come back. And it's our example that does that. That's an example of those seeds being planted in fertile soil where the roots, hopefully, by God's grace, survive the worldly temptations. Oh, come on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, anybody who's a father, they, you know, you, you've gone through this. You know, the, the children go through the period of time where they say, I hate you. You're the worst father in the I've world. I've never heard that. None, oh, I have. <laughs> well, you're taking air from her. Come on. <laughs> I know. You're, you're, no other fathers do this. You are unreasonable. On and on and on. But you know what? You, you, get, o- you get over that. You know, you, you, you get over that. I'll tell you a funny story. I always used to tell my children, you know, if you're ever in a place where you don't want to be and you need to go home, just just blame me. You know, everybody knows I'm kind of a nut anyway. Just blame me. So I get a call from my daughter. Defense rest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. So actually, she sent me a text. She says, Dad, I'm really tired. I want to go home. I don't want to be at this party. Fine. You know, she says, call me in five minutes and be, you know, be your normal self and insist I have to come home. So I did. I called in five minutes. And I, I acted pretty well. And But I got to tell you, my daughter acted even better. You know, I mean, she, I thought... I thought she was really asking to stay. I said, no, no, you're coming home. I told you you have to be here. I'll be there in half an hour. Click. So I go in to pick her up. She says, Dad, I was having fun. I changed my mind. I, said, <laughs> I didn't know. But you know what? We're there as an anchor, right? We're there the guide, but we're also a backstop, um, right? I, I'm backstop. glad I got two sons. Yeah. So if we're in trouble, you call your dad. We call the father. Um uh, do you have the gospel out for tomorrow? I had it. Now I'm looking at the catechist. catechism. Okay, you do the catechist, catechism, and then we'll do the gospel. Because uh, we... we, we uh... Right. Well, yeah, go. Peter, you know, a lot of people think there's all kinds of problems with the world, and they're right, and the church, and they're right. Where does that start? You mentioned it earlier, the domestic church. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It seems so fundamental that so many people have lost sight of it, maybe, I I don't know. But parents, their first responsibility is for the education of their children. This is coming right from 2223. They bear witness to this responsibility, first by creating a home where tenderness, 
forgiveness, and let me say plenty of error, <laughs> you know, respect, fidelity, disinterested services, all this stuff, that is the rule. The home will be well-suited for education in the virtues. This requires an apprenticeship in self-denial, sound judgment, and self-mastery, the preconditions of all true freedom. Oh, come on. Amen. Yeah, there you go. And, and is that happening, folks, in your house, and your children's houses? This is where we need to start. If we're going to make a change in this world today, the domestic church is where it begins. Fatherhood is where it begins. Right. Yeah. And, and go back to ancient Israel, right? You know, uh, when... Um, I think that Moses went out and he met uh, the uh, what, what was it, the priest of Midian, right? And what, what what did they talk about there? Well, in those days, the patriarch was the priest of the community there. Well, you know, the domestic church is like that too. We fathers are called to be the uh, the faithful, faith instructing people, leaders of the church, and unfortunately, so many of us. You know, we don't even go to mass. How many people do we? How many families do we see where the father is absent? You know, let's 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 be the man and the man that God calls us to be. Uh, you, you know, I I think of Saint Joseph uh, when I was a young man, and I would uh, go for runs and say the rosary. There was just one problem: I didn't know the mysteries, so I kind of made them up. And I made up mysteries related to Saint Joseph, but they all related to his role as father, you know, as servant. Um, and, uh, and, and there's such great faith that he had, you know, God came to him in a dream. What did he do? He believed and he moved and he served, right? He, he's, in, he's, he's a good and faithful man. Uh, and, and what happens? He finds that his wife is expecting before they came together. What happened? God gave him a message and he believed. The next thing you know, he, he's told, well, you, you need to buy some crazy man. The, the king, you have to, uh, well, not next, but yeah, I guess the next thing, that you, you have to be counted in a census. So he brings his pregnant wife on a donkey. Anyone have a wife who's pregnant? Uh, can you imagine her riding a donkey for 80 miles? To, to, to be she counted. doesn't like her Camry. I know. <laughs> uh, well, and he does, and he obeys. And then he's told that there's this another, this king who wants to kill this child that's newly born. And, and so he goes to Egypt. Get the profundity of this. You have a, a carpenter who is sent to make a living in the desert, right? You know, come on. And he does and he obeys and he comes back. But the final, the final act of, uh, of faith is he dies. We don't know when he died, but we know he died before Christ started his ministry. And, and we as fathers, I think, maybe that's one of the things we fear most, and that is that we will die before our job is done. And we need to know that we're, we're God's instrument, but God loves our children and our family even more than we do. So we are God's instrument. We are working hand in hand with it, hand in hand with him, um, being faithful, because you know what? God respects us. If we say no, no is good for him. Please say yes. This Please is St. Yes. Joseph Radio Presents, coming to you live from the Rome of the West St. Louis, Missouri, over Covenant Network. Matt Logaman here with Peter Karutz, and happy Father's Day weekend as we discuss some important roles of fathers across this world and, of course, our Heavenly Father, who is so good to us. I mean, we, you know, one of the things I was thinking at Adoration was, will thank you ever be enough 
and will I ever feel worthy of his mercy? No, we, we, we won't be worthy, but fortunately, God's covered us in that regard. He's made us worthy. Yeah, it's an incredible thing. So you were talking about St. Joseph. I was. We are. And we're going to read the gospel. Oh, I got to pull up. Oh, good. Can, so here's the, in my men's group, uh, every Saturday morning, one of the things we do, well, we, we start with some prayer. We read a couple of Psalms. We read all the scriptures for the following Sunday. And I'll tell you what, it helps me listen more, right? So when, when I go to Mass, I don't read along with the lector. I listen, right? So it, because it's like the second time. So let's read the gospel for tomorrow. Sure, sure. According to Mark, On that day, as evening drew on, Jesus said to his disciples, Let us cross to the other side. Leaving the crowd, they took Jesus with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. A violent squall came up, and waves were breaking over the boat, so that it was already filling up. Jesus was in the stern, asleep on a cushion. They woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up. I can only imagine. He rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Quiet, be still. The wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he asked them, Why are you terrified? Do you not yet have faith? They were filled with great awe and said to one another, Who then is this whom even wind and sea obey? What a gift to be there. Well, you know, let's put this in contemporary terms, first off. And, and let me tell you, this is going to be a stretch, or at least this is what God spoke to me this morning. So, you know, it is what it is. I fly a lot. I have several million miles just on American, much less everybody else, right? So when there's turbulence, well, first off, I always say an act of contrition before we take off. But when there's turbulence, it hardly bothers me. I, I, you know, we, I've, I've been in a plane that lost an engine and did an emergency landing, you know, so it, it's no big deal. Now, think of these men that are with Jesus. These are frequent flyers, right? These are fishermen. These are men who lived on the water, right? They're terrified. They had good reason. So let's not dismiss their their fear. If they are terrified, they have good reason, because this is not the first time they've been in the boat. Nor experienced a storm. Nor experienced a storm. So one of the the guys in my men's group, Doug, he, he said... I imagine, Doug said, I imagine Jesus kind of opening one eye as they're just going crazy and kind of has a little bit of a smile, you know? And then he gets up. Why? Because his, his, his followers called him. They called, they asked him, right? Pray. They prayed, right? The, and, and, and what's he going to do? He's going to respond. So. They thought they were dying. They were certain of it. What do we do as fathers? I mean, at least in some times of our lives, in our homes, in our domestic church, there is a storm going on. There is a fear. There is an anxiety. There's an accident. There's a crisis, right? We're called to be Christ to our family. We're called to be calm and solid and reassuring, even in the deepest of crises, and to tell them, what did Christ say? It'll be okay. Why will it be okay? we put all things in God's hand. 
That is our call. The, you know, that's the genius of, of fathers, right? We have the geniuses of, of women, right? Just as John Paul talked about. But there's, we're different than women, right? We're called to be different. So we're called to be the protector. We are called to be the, the calming force. We're called to be the person to come to in crisis. And most of all, we're called to be the faithful leader of our domestic church. And everything you said is spot on, Peter. And I'm thinking to myself, in order for the Father to be able to have those, those qualities, to be calm in, in a period of turmoil, you know, say there's a tornado barreling down, you know, and not to worry, I mean, that's human nature, but the gift of such an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, God the Father, is where you find that peace is where you know it does not matter, that it's in his hands. And to be able to experience peace and joy at the moment of death, oh my gosh. Absolutely. And that's yeah. where, you know, people need to prepare for this. And we're hoping that if you're listening out there, that this is something that everybody needs to touch base with again, to realize that today has its uh, evils for enough, you know, not tomorrow, because, yeah. you know, worrying's not going to do a bit of good. Right. Or what we did yesterday. Right. And and look, you know, again, I, I, I alluded, these are some of the thoughts that are coming from my men's group this morning, but that's part of it. Fathers are men, and they need other good men to support them. And even in the, in the crisis that we can't accommodate, we need other good men to support us. You know, I, I, uh, Gus, uh, another good man in my group, he, he uh, gave me an interview, and one of the questions was, what is the main obstacle in society that threatens a father's teaching role. I'm going to read it again. What is one of the main obstacles in society that's threatening a father's teaching role? Here's, the, here's what the um, speaker suggested. He said, quote, I would say the main obstacle is that men today have never been taught their role as fathers. There is no job description. Look, I'm sorry, let's be real. Look, I grew up in a fatherless home. My, my, my father was out of my, my life when I was nine, and I saw him w- once in the next 25 years, I, I became a father without a, without a model. How many people are out there today with no model? We need good men as models. And where do we go for that model? Well, one, we go to our Lord. We go to the church, right? We men need to be good models. We men need to be with other good men to find that model. I had none. I need to be with other good men. Overcome this obstacle. Be the man God wants you to be. Find other good men to help you in this journey. And I think the priesthood did just that. The fatherhood that they have over their, you know, let's call them the sheep. You know, they are trying to not only corral them, but to make sure that they are safe. You know, and that's the gift that they have been given from Jesus. Absolutely. And I want to and I want to talk about fathers as in priests fathers. You know, first off b- before we leave there, we're not called as fathers to be another mother. I'm not a woman. I, I, you know, and if I if I want to try and be a woman, which I can be these days, I guess, but I I will be a very bad one. God wants me to be, be the best man I can be, and that means being a man, not a woman, not a mother. You be the father. But talking about fathers as priests Let's not forget that this is Father's Day, and fathers include our priests. You know, I look at the great men in in this archdiocese and and others, too. 
who are our spiritual fathers. I look at the good ones and I look at the great ones and, and they're all good and great. They, each and every one of them, would have made great family fathers. They would have made great family fathers. I'll take it a step further. And they are. They have huge extended families. I mean, just in the past two weeks, I think of uh, the associate at, at my parish, Father Schneier. And this is just in my own circle. My, my, my friend's uh, mother was dying. He was there. He gave her such peace. He brought such peace to that family that was in crisis. And he did it in a moment's notice. And I have a buddy who, whose son died this week, just 20 years old. And Father Schneier was there before anybody else. I mean, the crisis in our families that are heart-wrenching that's where our fathers, the priest, can come and be part of that and be that stabilizing force and be that prayer warrior to lead us through those crises. We men as fathers, we need our priests too. So remember our priests on Father's Day. Yeah, that is a good point. You know, I don't know if you have to buy him a card, but, you know, if you do, that's sure okay. put in there maybe a little Starbucks card, you <laughs> know, I mean, that, that, that's good stuff. So, uh, you know, back to the problems with the domestic church and fatherhood, as we have, we have seemed to have gotten away, you know, because the world has so many distractions and we try to buy into it, which, you know, that's Satan's lie, folks. You know, this is 2367 from the catechism. Call to give life. That's why we get married. Spouses share in the creative power and fatherhood of God. Married couples should regard it as their proper mission to transmit human life and to educate their children. They should realize that they are thereby cooperating with the love of God, their creator, and are, in a certain sense, its interpreters. These are our children. We are to interpret the word of God to them. Come on, people, what are we doing? Well, we better be doing something. We got to be doing that, yeah. brother. Man, my oh, it just blows my mind when I, I read these things and see the problems that are going on in our world today and the problems, the answers are all right here. They will fulfill this duty with a sense of human and Christian responsibility. Folks, that's where peace and joy come from. You will not have happiness until you experience it through the, through the mind and heart of Jesus Christ. And folks, all you got to do is ask for it. And you can also ask for a free copy of this program after we're done. Give us a call, 636, and the phone number is Paul. Thank you. It is 636-447-6000, 636-447-6000. We'll say it slower next time. Yes, and all you got to do is pay for the postage, and we'll send that out to you. Again, happy Father's Day. Peter Karutz and Matt Logman. This is St. Joseph Radio Presents. 
Looking for a way to teach your children about our Catholic faith? Colby Academy has the solution, offering a curriculum that is loyal to the magisterium, classical, Ignatian, flexible, and affordable. Colby can help with all your homeschooling needs. We offer a wide range of services, including live online courses for those looking for assistance teaching their students, recorded self-paced courses for those who want teacher instruction while needing the flexibility to move at their own pace, and traditional homeschool courses for maximum flexibility and home education. Our support services include advising for parents, record keeping and transcript services, a grading service, standardized testing, and guidance and college counseling. For more information, check out their website at colby.org. That's K-O-L-B-E dot org. Or give them a call. Area code 707-255-6499. That's 707-255-6499. It's Colby Academy. St. Joseph Catholic Radio is proud to announce the launch of SJEN-TV, the St. Joseph Evangelization Network. SJEN-TV is a premier online Catholic broadcasting network providing quality Catholic programming 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. We have programming such as live studio interviews, St. Joe's Java speaker presentations, current Catholic issues, and the Pro-Life series. We're featuring the many talented speakers out of Orange County, California, and this Archdiocese of St. Louis, Missouri including Professor John Gresham, Father James Mason, Karen Nokemper, Rick Hollerick, Bill Federer, and many more. To review the program list, go to sjen.tv or on Roku, sjen.tv. All this programming is free, and we are welcoming sponsorship of new programs. Find out more at sjen.tv. This is St. Joseph Radio Presents, coming to you live from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. Another hot one today, folks. Matt Logman here with Peter Karutz. Happy Father's Day weekend, as we are talking about fatherhood in all forms and fashions. And Peter, you have something on the other side. I'm taking a right-hand turn. Uh, First off, uh, last weekend we had uh, a celebration of the Catholic Man of the Year, Well, guess what? Now we're going to do Catholic Woman of the Year 2021. So please, if you know a good woman who's made a difference in this Catholic faith of ours and this world of ours, please nominate them. Come to our our phone number, which I was about to say again. No, go to our website, saintjosephradio.net, or you can call us at 636-447-6000 to get an application. So you can get it online or you can call us and we'll send you one. Please nominate a good woman for the Catholic Woman of the Year. The nominations are available until, well, I'm not going to even tell you. Well, do it now. Do it now. We have a little bit of time, but do it now, please. This is the first year we're going to do this, and it's it's so valuable. Look, I think when we started out, we talked about how women are really the heart of the church and the heart of our families. Let's take a moment to honor them and, uh, and give them their due. So please, nominate somebody. You can call us at 636-447-6000, 636-447-6000, or find us on the web at S-A-I-N-T, that's SaintJosephRadio.net. And you'll also find all kinds of great gift ideas as we're talking about fatherhood and St. Joseph today. If you're looking on YouTube, there is a picture of St. Joseph working, and below him is the child Jesus And the light coming through the window shows the little child of Jesus, approximately two years of age, guessing, with a shadow that looks like the cross. And look what's in his hand. 
He's writing on the ground. No, it's a nail. Oh, yeah, a yeah. Nail I, well, I thought it, it looks like he's yeah. writing on the ground with a could, nail. It could, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, maybe it is. Yeah. Well, you know what? I guess it's left to interpretation. Well, it, that's true, and yeah. I'll tell you what. It's not. It's a crayon. It's yeah. not a crayon. It is a beautiful, beautiful picture. I have one on my desk at my office, and when I'm doing all the Zooms that are never-ending now, uh, that's what's in the background. So it's a great, great gift for a father. Hey, you know, there's a couple other books that I really like that I thought I might share. Please. Uh, be good books. W- one of my favorite speakers on men and men's issues would be, uh, well, there's a few, but let's just talk about Father Larry Richards. He has a book called Be a Man, but that's not how Father would say it. He would say, be a man, right? And and it's a good thing. Look, we should be who God calls us to be. The other one is called Prayer. Now, it doesn't sound like a book for men, but... It really is. He really talks to the genius of men or the, the downfall of men. Let me give you one little piece from Father's book, Prayer. He said, we men are different, right? We need, if we're going to be praying and praying regularly, we need a time and we need a place to pray or else it slips, right? So that's what we ought to do. Let's realize that we are men, embrace it and, and make it work. So those are two wonderful, wonderful books. Uh, and actually, you can get it on audio as well. But Prayer and Be a Man, Father Larry Richards, great folks. He is really good. I like listening to him on the radio. He tells it like it is. He doesn't cut you know anything out. He just, He's pretty blunt. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, to me, I think it should be because we've been coddled way too long. And yeah. It's like the CD I heard probably 10 years ago through this radio station, and it was called Goodbye Comfortable Catholicism. Yeah. And I was like, what? Until I heard it. And then, and then wow, you know, how yeah. prophetic could he have been? Because when I heard that 10 years ago, everything in there came true. Well, yeah, and it is and it has. And you know what? And let's... Let's talk a little bit about this is this is the the third week third is this the third Saturday? I think it's third Saturday of the month. So we are evangelization moments. This is an ongoing series where we talk about those little things that we can do to spread the word. And since today is Father the, the Eve of Father's Day, let's talk about us as fathers. You know, we we mentioned a couple of books. We'll we'll have more. But we need to be better men and keep growing in order to be better fathers and husbands. So there's a couple of good books to um, to use. Here's another recommendation. Uh, again, we talked about fathers being the spiritual leaders of the family. Fathers, and this goes to the old folks, the young folks, old folks remind the young folks, young folks remind the old folks. We ought to pray with our families, and we ought to initiate that prayer, right? How many? Imperative. You know, ask, it is imperative. Yeah. You know, gentlemen, ask yourself, when was the last time I asked my family to pray? You know, start with your wife. You know, reach for her hand in, in, in bed and, and, and say, hey, let's, let's pray, right? Uh, you know, I, I read another study, again, shocking, but it, it said, how many married couples don't even touch each other when they, they go to sleep? I'm talking about holding a hand. Imagine the impactfulness of reaching out to your spouse's hand, holding it and say, let's pray. You, you, you create these bindings with each other slowly, short, uh, slowly, and but profoundly. Here's another one. Uh, do you have a holy water fountain in your house? Yes, I do. Yes, you do. Just recently purchased. Good for you. Well, get one if you don't have one, 
And, and let's let's go beyond that. If you have small children or if you're well, a grandfather. Tell them why we should have that. Oh, I'm going to, yeah. And if you're a grandparent, well, maybe you buy them for your grandchildren as well. Put them in your grandchildren's room and put holy water in it. We as fathers, as parents, mothers and fathers since Abraham, we can bless our children. Look, fathers and deacons, priests, bishops, pope, they bless everybody. They bless everything. They can bless your rosary. They can bless your house. But we as parents can bless one thing. We can bless our children. So put a holy water font there. Bless your children. And, you know, there's been times when my, you know, I go to my daughter's room and I say, hey, let's, let's pray. And they say, you know what? I don't want to. But you know how many times, parents, dads, have you gone to your children's room just to make sure they're sleeping and they're okay? Dip your hand in the holy water. Bless your children. Doesn't matter whether they know it or not. God knows it. So lead your family in prayer. Lead your children in prayer. Bless your children. Bring a holy water font into the house and give your wife one more thing to give you grief for. We have a holy water font at our, our front door. And you know what my wife said? No. It's out of holy water again. <laughs> I said, honey, do you know how hard it is to get holy water these days? <laughs> so do it. Put one in your house. Put, put one in your children's room. I, I think really why we need that too, Peter, is we are in a spiritual battlefield. And that is the domestic church, the home that we're talking about. I mean, how apropos that we have the holy water there to step out in the world because the domestic church, like you said, the house has been blessed. You know, you pray. We are protected in that house against the evils of society. But once you step out that door, you know, sacramentals, you you know, why not? Yeah. Keep your rosary on. You have yeah. the holy water. You know, it's needed. Can, can, can I get a little funky with you all? All right. Um and and this is this is uh, in the uh, category of what the heck is this guy talking about? So I, I often say to my my uh, men friends, I say, look, the Germans didn't bomb Tokyo, and they say, what what in the world? That was Jim you? Belushi, wasn't it? I don't. <laughs> I think it was an animal house. Was it, it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? That's oh, was what he that said. what it was? Right. Yeah. Well, well, a little different twist to it then. The, the Germans didn't bomb Tokyo. Okay, look, they were on the same side. Men, if you feel like you're being attacked by the evil one, you know what? He's not going to go after his own people. He's going to go after those who are trying to do the right thing. All Don't right. be surprised. Don't be surprised. The Germans didn't bomb Tokyo. So now you go tell oh you, you go quote that and say, man, I heard this crazy guy on the radio and he was talking about history and he told me that the, and it's true too, the Germans didn't bomb Tokyo. But well, look, don't be surprised if you're in spiritual warfare. Well, that means you're, you're doing the right thing. Well, I'll take that a step further. You said if they think they're being attacked, don't even think of it. You know it. I mean, you are being attacked whether you realize it or not. That is his greatest tool, uh, Satan, is to come under the radar. That's right. I mean, if you're a Christian, you're being attacked. No doubt about it. Another wise priest, he said this, and it was kind of a, you know, he started his talk out like this, and I thought it was great. He says, if you don't run into the devil periodically, then maybe you're traveling in the same direction. Uh, I like it. Oh, yeah. I like it. I really do. I really do. Hey, can I give you a little another tidbit of wisdom from another one of my men in the um, in, in our men's group in the morning? This, Please do. Yeah, Steve 
Uh, Steve McCain, he's a professor of Chinese uh, theory and business. He's also a aficionado of the Desert Fathers. And he says that the father's language is silence. You know, and I had to stop when I, you know, I just read that first sentence. I mean, we, we pray to the father all the time. And what do we hear? We hear silence, right? We hear silence. And we, it is, doesn't mean he's not listening. And so I'm, I'm going to turn that one phrase on myself. I, I am talking all the time. And sometimes <laughs> my family, yeah, it's not good to not have talking in the radio, but sometimes my family, my children, my wife, they need me to listen. Silence. Our father's language is silence. So we need to be silent. And sometimes just being there and being silent is what is absolutely needed. Absolutely needed. Um, especially when there's crisis. Uh, I, uh, I went and visited my buddy who lost his son. And my daughter asked me, what do you say? How do you know what to do? How do you know what to say? I said, I listened. Right? I listened. Sometimes when you're in crisis... The most important thing you can do is walk with your friend, walk with your brother, be there, suffer with them, silent, but be there. So how many men, Peter, do you know that beat themselves up over their children's choices, whether they don't practice the faith anymore or they're doing many other things that we would deem not worthy or holy or anything good? Yeah. What do you say to them? Um, I, I say, listen to the Holy Spirit, because the, the, the second piece of, of this silence is, of course, action. Again, we're, we're men, and, and when I equate silence, I equate it to strength, right? You're not being silent because you don't, you don't have the willingness or, or desire to, to be a doer, to do something. It's because there's strength in silence. When I was a kid, don't, don't listen to this, young kids. We used to have this little game we would play in the playground, and we would kind of bare our shoulder to the guy, and he would punch me in the shoulder as hard as he could. And then the Stupid other guy, game. I know, and then, the, and then he would bare his shoulder, and whoever gave up first lost. Well, it's, it's that when, you know, when you're being silent, when you're absorbing those, that, that, that grief, that, that crisis, you're bearing it, right? It is a, it is a strength that you have, but then... You have to also have the corollary. You have to have the other piece. The, the importance of balance in a man is, is, is equally important. You have to have the strength to listen and act when the Holy Spirit prompts you. Sometimes silence in the face of evil is the worst thing you can do because silence implies assent. We need to be men of action, men of courage, especially when it's difficult for other people to hear or when we're going against society you know look just remember this we don't you know society is society i don't care about society the church is not led by society the church leads society and we as men need to do that we are baptized men we are called to be the strong leaders of our domestic church that's the beginning any society you know call whatever form of government you have is 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 it will rise and fall some are better than others certainly but the foundation of any society is the family, and you men, us fathers, are called to be that strong rock, that silent rock, and that acting, vigilant, strong man. 
Right. Square one, the domestic church. That's where it starts. Now, brothers, those of you who are out there that made some choices that, you know, didn't go well, and you find yourself separated from your wife and your children, and you're thinking, well, you know, where do I find the peace and joy now? You know, how do I get back to that? Well, the vineyard parable is something that I would like to point you to. I believe it's in Matthew where the men are being hired by the landowner, you know, one at nine, then again at 12, then again at three. And then finally at five o'clock, the landowner comes back and finds somebody standing there idle. And he says, why do you stand here idle all day? No one's hired me. Well, you two go to my vineyard and we'll pay you what's worth. And he got the full day's pay. Right. So if you find yourself in a position where you're not happy, you can still get that full day's pay. There is reason and cause for joy and peace to get back to the Holy Father. And that is what I'm urging you to do. You can do it. It, it. We have free will. Just like if your children are not practicing the faith, oh my gosh, don't beat yourself up. Not even God made, made Adam and Eve behave. Now, and, if he did not make Adam and Eve behave, you know, I mean, it's free will. It's our gift, right? But don't beat yourself up over it. And until you look at that parable as a father, it's difficult for it to make sense. As a business owner, it, it's bonkers, right? Pay, pay the last guy in the same mm-hmm. as the full day wage. But make it personal, right? Here's, here, I, I, saw, I heard this story. It was, it, um, and, and I think it's a... Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll remember the name at, at some point in time, but she, she went away to go and be a model and everything, and, um, and, and, and she fell into terrible times, and she did some terrible things, and, um, and she knew she, she really hurt her, father's, her father a lot, and she, um, she called him, and she says, I need you. you know, this is the end of the day. This is not the person who did the right thing all the way the end of the day, she, and she calls him from a faraway city, and he, he, she says, I need you. Can, you. can you come for me? He got in his car. He drove a 1,000 miles, went immediately there, and he wrapped her up in his arms. That's what God does. Prodigal son almost there. Yeah. He, God, as father, and that's where we're called to be, we are called to wrap our children up in, our son, uh, in, our, in ourselves, in our arms. At the moment they need it most, and sometimes that's the end of the day, right? And it's, even if they don't think they need it. <laughs> well, and that's why we're there. We're always there. That's, you know, I heard this great story. You know, I, um, the guy who was living in a, ter- a terrible life, you know, and finally one day he stumbles into the idea of maybe there's a God and the next thing you know, I needed to hear from Matt Lagerman. Oh, now you mean. Yeah. <laughs> this is St. Joseph Radio Presents. We are coming to you live from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. Peter Karutz and Matt Logman here speaking about Father's Day and all the, the beautiful joys and gifts that the Lord has blessed us with. But there are problems, folks. This, we need the full armor of God, and we thank you for listening because we're here to fit you up with a brand new suit. That's it. Yeah, and we're talking about that end of the day, right? The the. Uh, landowner who comes out and hires that person at the end of the day. Anyway, there's this great story of this man who lived a terrible life, and he, 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 he you know, is there a God? Who knows? Who cares, right? But he kind of stumbles into some faith, and he's kind of gradually walking in that direction. The next thing you know, he starts going to church, and the next thing you know, he, 
he finds this great relationship with God, and he discovers prayer, and he, he discovers this, this, this uh, wonderful life that he could be living and that he is now living, and he realizes something. He realizes that he did not find God, that God found him. When he was walking alone in this terrible life, God was there. You know, we as fathers sometimes, we need to be there. We're ready to go. We're, you know, we're the firemen at the pole, ready to go. No one has called us yet, but we're there. We're ready to act. We need to be God the Father in our families, ready, willing, able. And when will we go? In the beginning, in the middle, in the end, when we're asked, when we're not asked, we're always there. God took the first step with this man. We take the first step as fathers with our family. And we all need to make sure that we're prepared for that time to act because this is a spiritual battlefield. And wow, who attacks the church? Satan. Well, if he's attacking the church, he's attacking attacking the domestic church as well. All hey, all we got to do is know that it's out there. We're aware of it and not to worry about it. He only has as much control over you as you give him. I heard that straight from the exorcist. That's it. You know, don't worry about Satan. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's a tough one to say to somebody, <laughs> you know, but he has only as much power as, as you, you give, give him. him. That's right. That's right. And this is evangelization moments, and we only have a few moments left. And we always try and give you some things that we can walk away from. Here's some takeaways. So Let's think about that. Look, if your children aren't baptized, think about baptizing them. Amen. Grand- grandparents, if your your sons and daughters have not baptized their children, think about it. If let's let's be real, there's so many irregular marriages out there. That there was so much on Catholic radio in the last few days on regularizing marriages and all the fruits that come from it. If your marriage is not regular, know that the church is dying for you to come in. I try and welcome every child who comes into our 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 church. But one day I was coming out of adoration to go and see the child being baptized, and I didn't see him. They were all the way up in front. And and there was a priest standing there and a couple there and babies around. They brought their child to be baptized. And and they said, you know, it's time for us to regularize our marriage. Make your marriage sacramental. Bring it into the church. Encourage others to do it. It's a good thing. It's a wonderful thing. It's a great thing gift that you would be sharing with people to regularize their marriage, bring the marriage into the church. So fatherhood, first priority is to get yourself to heaven with your spouse Absolutely. and your children. There you go. That That's number one. <laughs> Forget about the trophy. Forget about the BMW. I mean, those are all nice things. But did you take care of the first priority? It means squat. You know, it's the gifts that we're storing in heaven that the moths can't get to. How many people have gotten away from that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and do and do other things too, right? Do the right thing, right? There's do the right thing and then do more of the right thing. This is oh. like good cop, bad cop, man. Man, we should do. That. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and we have to, right? And and those little things. So w- w- there's programs in churches. We have Christ Power at uh, at at Incarnate Word where. These young people, they get together, they, they stay at the parish, but they go out during the day and they work in the community and they help people. And then at night they have mass, they have adoration, they have prayer, right? So as a parent, you know, you got to twist your children's arms sometimes. Go do it. And you know what? It will be good. It'll be good for them. Take the next step. 
on the uh, go to mass with them. You know, at the end, go and welcome them home, not to just pick up their crap at the curb. Go into mass with them, pray with them, and and, and bathe in this newfound faith they have. At Christ's power, last this couple of days ago, I got a call. Talk about a miracle. A miracle is the outpouring of faith, right? I got a call from a buddy of mine who I haven't spoken to in a couple of years. And you know what he said? He said, I, I was thinking about you. I was at IW and my son was at Christ Power and everybody is praying for this young man who died. You have all these young people with this outpouring of faith. That's a miracle, right? Those parents who, who twisted their children's arm to maybe go to Christ Power, they so benefited from them. It's a reciprocal thing. Help your children. Frankly, your children will help you. So all these things we're talking about, Peter, it, it has to be sought. It has to be asked for. Right. Ask and you will receive. Knock and the door will be open. You talked about a miracle. And really, the reason I'm here talking to you is exactly that. Uh. When I was on the bottom, I mean, we're, the, we're talking the bottom, folks. And I cried out to God, how can you possibly forgive me? Yeah. On and on. Basically cried myself to sleep. I know you and others have probably heard that story. The next day, Mr. Millions of Miles Flying, I was a flight attendant. So I'm probably around three or four million myself. You're more than me. So eight hours after crying my heart out, realizing that I had screwed up royally, I get on the airplane. It's an oversold flight. You know what that means, oversold uh, flight. So I, I'm, all I'm thinking is it's going to be crowded. It's busy, blah, blah, blah. So make a long story short, there's a guy there with a guitar case that should have been checked. I, I helped him store it before so we wouldn't take a late, you know. And later on in that flight, I started talking to him. Yeah, I'm in a Christian band, and I am on this way to play a gig. Well, there's one open seat on the aircraft. This is an oversold flight. That one open seat is in the aisle right next to this man who I helped earlier. So I tell him about what I just said earlier about crying out. Yeah. Well, he opened up his Bible in his sea cushion with a tassel, already marked it, the parable of the vineyard. There you go. Oh, my God. I didn't realize what had happened until that night when I was saying, you know, oh, who am I to worthy? Such a... prompt response from the almighty Matt, god is after you and now i have a child in the uh, seminary congrats you know so this full circle my friends and that's what we hope for you peter karutz matt logman this is saint joseph radio presents we're glad you were along with us call now for your free copy pay for the postage 636-447-6000 and we'll send you a copy of today's program or maybe another one if you need it and to offer everybody something, you got to reach out, knock, call. You know, it's up to you, folks, just like God gives us that opportunity all the time. Until next week, my friends, God bless you. This is St. Joseph Radio Presents. You've been listening to St. Joseph Radio Presents from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. If you would like to join us in our evangelization efforts, you can order a copy of today's broadcast or any of our past programs by visiting us on our website, stjosephradio.net. That's S-A-I-N-T, josephradio.net. Or call us, 636-447-6000. It's all at your fingertips to help us evangelize the world, bringing the good news of Christ. 
Christ to everyone you meet and change one soul at a time. Thank you for your prayers and support. Until next time, may God bless you and your family. This has been a presentation of St. Joseph Radio Presents. Thank you.